Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All of us have times in life where maybe we ask a question, seek an answer, look for information, but deep down we really don't want the the truth. No, we'd like to just confirm that which we already want to believe, want to be true. And some of these things are totally innocent, like a question that gets posed to a husband from his wife before a night out of, which of these two outfits looks better? I learned very early in my marriage there is a right and a wrong answer to that question. It's a pass-fail. And if I answered poorly, well, I might hear something like, but don't you think this other one looks better? And the correct answer to that question is yes, yes I do. And sometimes it has to do with those things that we like or we ourselves support. Everything from politics to to sports talk radio to the, the podcast we listen to. Study after study shows that especially Americans tend to seek out, enjoy the things, the people, the information that already agrees with that which they believe. And this is nothing new. In fact, in the 60s, a scientist by the name of Peter Watson formally created a study that showed that we have this innate desire. It's called formally the uh, collective, selective, sorry, collection of evidence, or commonly called a confirmation bias. Humans, as a general rule, seek out the things that agree with them. And I'm sure Peter Watson spent lots of time and money and energy in crafting his study, but one of the things that was interesting was at the conclusion of it, he said, people's tendency to succumb to the phenomenon of confirmation bias may lead to disastrous decisions. He could have saved himself a lot of time and probably a little bit of money if he just read the book of Jeremiah. See, some 2,600 years before Peter Watson made that study, the prophet Jeremiah was given a special task, one he was faithful to, dedicated to, devoted to, and yet one that I have to admit is unenviable. He was given the task of proclaiming the word of God faithfully, truthfully, to a nation whose leaders, whose religious leaders, political leaders, authority figures, the people They only wanted to listen to those things that they wanted to hear. And he dealt with even his fellow prophets saying to the people of Judah who would disregard God's word, don't worry about it, all is well. Or even saying to them, no disaster shall come upon you because of your sinful actions. And so it is in the midst of this faithful proclamation that our Old Testament reading comes to us for today. From Jeremiah 23. And Jeremiah addresses the people and those false prophets who would say, it's all fine and dandy, you do you, people of Judah. By saying, do not listen to prophets who prophesy to you in vain hopes. Those who speak of their own minds and not from the Lord's mouth. Who continually say to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, no disaster shall come upon you. Contrary to what the people wanted to hear, Jeremiah's job, at least at that time, was to remind the people of God that they had lost their foundation. They had lost their foundation in God's word. So much so that 
God tries to give his people one last chance just a few chapters later in Jeremiah 26. And he tells Jeremiah, go to Jerusalem, the house of the Lord. Stand in the midst of the religious leaders, the political leaders, the people, anyone who would come. And say to them, it may be well that you would listen. That you would turn from your evil way. That the Lord would relent of his disaster that he intends to do because of your evil deeds. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me, if you will not walk in my law, listen to the words of my servants. You will not listen to the prophets whom I send to you urgently. Then I will make this house like Shiloh, that is a house of desolation or destruction, and this city a curse for all the nations." So the leaders in Judah hear this, this proclamation. And the very first reaction they have, the very next words in the very next verse, you shall die, Jeremiah. See, Jeremiah experienced something that maybe we ourselves have even experienced at times. That when you have the word of God and that foundation and you proclaim it faithfully in a sinful world, in a sinful society, among sinful people, their reaction can even be hostile at times. That when you confront society who just wants God to say what they want to hear in the first place, and they're confronted with the truth of what that foundation of God's word really does say, what it calls out, what it says about us, what it says about him. Well, at times, people may even want nothing to do with you, want you dead. And that's not limited to Jeremiah. Even Jesus acknowledges this in our gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 12. The same chapter of Luke that was from the gospel reading last week. Where you heard Jesus say, don't be anxious, don't worry, fear not, little flock, I've got it. In that same chapter of Luke, Jesus says to his disciples, it will not be an easy road by which salvation is given. It will be one that causes not peace, amongst your friends and family, but division. There will be opposition to the word of God, the word made flesh, opposition to his proclamation, opposition to the very life that he came to bring to you. And it will divide families, siblings, friends, parents, even children. And much like Jeremiah, Jesus also lamented for the people of God in Jerusalem, for he knew not only would disaster fall upon Jerusalem, but those same people he came to save, well, they too would shout out, you shall die for proclaiming God's word. And not just Jesus, but even his disciples, his followers, the children of God, those who by faith in the work of the Holy Spirit were turned from their sinful ways, from the renderings of their own heart, what they wanted to do, and they were instead turned by the Holy Spirit faithfully to God's word. And yet they would find themselves at times as not exactly the most popular person in the room. See, later on in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke 21, Jesus reiterates this to his disciples in an even harsher sense, saying that for the sake of God's word in his name, that they will be hated by relatives siblings, friends. And of course, Jesus also knew that they saw that in his ministry. They saw how his proclamation, his teachings caused great 
great hatred amongst those who just wanted to walk in their own ways instead of letting God's word be the lamp unto their feet. And really, it's no different today. Not only at times does the faithful proclamation of God's word cause division, anger, hostility amongst friends, family, relatives, children, parents, but even we ourselves in our own individual lives, there are times where we are tempted to gravitate in our faith to just those words that are easy for us to hear, just the aspects of God's word that we want to hear. can even be tempted to maybe block out those things in God's word that confront us, cause conflict within us, call us out, call us out to repentance for the sinful actions of a sinful heart. And yet, the reality of that word, the word that is not always the easiest to hear, the reality of what Jeremiah says to the people in Judah, what Jesus says to his disciples means we don't look at God's word in fear and despair, but rather in encouragement. Because as Christ is the word incarnate, as God has given us his word through the prophets and the apostles, he has laid for us a foundation. And no, it's not a foundation that we always perhaps like to hear from in our selfish, sinful selves, but it's a foundation that we certainly need. A proclamation of God's grace and mercy that comes when we recognize the brokenness of our own sinful lives. When we ourselves, by faith, are brought by the word of God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, to repentance. See, Jeremiah would not just get to prophesy about the destruction of Judah and Jerusalem. He got to witness it. He got to see Babylon come and wipe it out. Exile, taken to captivity, those neighbors, those friends, even maybe family members. And it was to the exiles, those now in Babylonian slavery, God would once again give him a task would tell him to once again take his word faithfully and truthfully out to his people. And it was to exiles and slaves that Jeremiah would pen these words just a few chapters later in Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. That to this very group that so easily, so obnoxiously was faithless to their God, to the covenant of their fathers that, has been, that was established, again, Jeremiah would get to write these words. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Of course, the same Jesus who told his disciples that you would be hated for my word and for the sake of my name, got to also tell them, behold, this is the new covenant 
in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And as they celebrated that same meal, tell them, yes, the world may hate you, but my peace I give to you. Peace unlike the world gives do I give to you. The world may be hostile to you, but you are never alone in this world. It's a reminder today that when we have the foundation of God's word in our life, the foundation of Christ as the word incarnate in our life, we have something that doesn't always tell us what we want to hear, but we have something that does share with us each and every day exactly what we need, what we need to hear. A foundation, a firm one that the world can never take away. A foundation that cannot be broken like the fickle foundations that this world and society try to prop up. The sort of things that God says in Jeremiah that his word burns up or breaks into pieces. A foundation that's not always so easy to hear, and yet it is that foundation that by faith, by the proclamation of the gospel, brings you into God's family. And I'm reminded, especially this week, as we prepare to to kick off our 174th academic year here at St. Paul's, it is that proclamation, establishing that foundation in our lives, hearing God's word that motivates us to do exactly what we do here at St. Paul's. And not just in this building, but right next door. It's why we built that building. It's why we have a property a third of a mile down Ballas. Sure, our kids learn math and reading and science and writing, history and and PE. But far more important than that is, is the faithful foundation that hundreds of teachers over those 174 years have dedicated their lives to bringing to those children, to sharing with those children. A faithful foundation of God's word in their lives that, like us, they will need and need desperately a foundation they can rely on when this world is hostile to them. And it is in that firm foundation that we, in great joy, get to go forward then. No matter what the world says, go forward in faith by the grace and for the glory of God's eternal kingdom. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.